This is the Iowa State Athletics Sidecast. This Sidecast is brought to you by Van Wall Equipment. Visit any Van Wall location today to test drive the full lineup of John Deere compact utility tractors with the power and versatility to conquer anything this season. I'm John Walters. Today's Sidecast is a visit with our Cyclone Radio Network analysts, Eric Heft and Ryan Harklaw. As we look ahead to Saturday night's game with Texas, how did the Cyclones put themselves in a position where here in late November they're playing so many meaningful games? It's an awesome story, especially after the way the season started. We hope you'll enjoy this visit with Eric Haft and Ryan Harklaw. Guys, certainly a big test for Iowa State this week, and I think it's fun because, you know, we've seen this team grow all season long. We've enjoyed that growth. We've seen them take great, great strides. Now we really get to measure that growth against a top-10 team this weekend, and it'll be fun to see just how far this group has come. Well, they've come a long way, that's for sure, and and just continue to get better. And as much as anything, I think their belief in themselves has really risen to a much higher level, and that's what it's going to take. you got to have that confidence when you're playing against a team you know, that has, I think, the best talent in the Big 12. Certainly, the game itself is not out of the realm of possibility for Iowa State. Iowa State's won three out of four against the Longhorns and could have easily won last year as well. They'll have that kind of confidence, too, in terms of the matchup. But it has been fun to watch the progression of each unit and how they've, how they've all come together. Complementary football has been one of the keys, I think, for this team. It has been, Eric. And, and you look at the job by this coaching staff, I know we talk about it a lot, but to get this many young players ready to go week in, week out, it's unbelievable. And where we've come, you know, from the moment we left Athens, Ohio, to where we're at today and we left uh, Provo, Utah. And it's a different football team with the same players. And I think that just goes to tell you, you know, what that coaching staff's done with their confidence, uh, what that coaching staff has done with their abilities and, and, and how they've progressed. You know, we struggled to rush the ball in, in Athens, and then and you get down to Provo, and you've got three running backs with touchdowns. And so you've seen such a transformational move from the offensive line to the backfield. Like you said, offensively, it's just it's gotten such a good mix of run pass. And then nobody's surprised at John Hancock. Not, not, there's not a person in America that's shy, uh, surprised at what he's been able to do. But what's really good to see is you got young – linebackers coming in to start to develop and the D-line is starting to develop and you know that defense is becoming what John Haycock expects out of any defense here at Iowa State. That's a great point you make, Hark, about the coaching staff and it probably doesn't get talked about enough even though we talk about it a lot. It is amazing what a job Matt Campbell and his staff have done with this group, especially with all the new coaches on that staff and I think a big part of what they've done, it comes back to that cliche word, but it's culture. I mean, you watch these guys play and you see the joy that they're taking and seeing their teammates make a play. You see the, the fact that they are absolutely playing for each other. You see the older guys bringing along the younger guys and that's coaching, that's culture. And that's exactly what Matt and his staff have established over the years at Iowa state. And it's just really fun to see. You look at the unselfishness, like there's not, there's not guys fighting, you know, on the sidelines, frustrated that they're not getting a ball thrown to them or not getting enough carries or not getting enough snaps on defense. You see them cheering for each other when they make plays. You, the first person that's jumping on top of, uh, of Sama when he comes to the sideline after that big run and, the, you know, the 20-yard run there that made a couple of great moves was Cartavius Norton, you know. And so when you look at what's going on in that team, it's, it's, a, it's a bunch of guys that want to play for each other. You know, when you have that, I don't care what age you are. I don't care if you're a freshman or a senior. If you have that on your team, you got a chance to be successful at any level. 
Couldn't agree more. You know, and John, your point about how the coaches have helped bring this along too. I think the the changes in the coaching staff, while you know painful at the time, I mean, it has really I think yielded some great fruit. You know, and and the move of Nate to the coordinator position, I think has been tremendous. He has grown and he's really found ways to move the football. I mean, he, he's tweaked things in midseason. We've got r- new wrinkles in every game because these guys are able to execute for one thing. But I, I just think everybody there has done a terrific job. Ryan Clanton, you know, Hank Poteet, you know, on the defensive side, those guys have done a tremendous job of taking what we have and building on it and finding things that we are capable of doing. You know, early in the season, you don't always know what you're going to be able to do. And I just think what they've been able to to figure out about, okay, what are our strengths? What are some of the things we can do? And, and they found ways to, to meld that into a team that, that is playing really great football right now. Today's sidecast is brought to you by Van Wall Equipment. Van Wall Equipment and John Deere are proud to support Iowa's farmers in the field and Iowa State Athletics on the field. And you think about this time of the year, guys, and this is the time of the year where some teams have really checked out mentally. You know, it's a long year. It's tough. It's tiring. And you see teams that just if things don't start well for them in a game, they're done. And I I do not see any of that, obviously, with this Iowa State team. They can't wait to get back on the field. And, you know, obviously, Texas is in the same boat this week. I mean, this is a team trying to play for a college football playoff spot. They have a lot to play for. But, you know, they're going to run into a very hungry, very excited to be out there Iowa State team on Saturday night. They look at, like, what's going on. They, they You know, for the bowl, they took the pressure off for that, number one, right? So that, that it's all for fun, you know, and that pressure you going to a, into a game like this, it is all for fun. It is that, that measuring stick. It's that standard you all want to get to. And everyone always hears about the four- and five-star recruits that go into Texas. And if you're a fan of Iowa State, when you get to the stadium on Saturday – you're going to see a bunch of four and five star looking bodies of football players, what they look like. And it, it is different. Um, but what I will tell you and, and back to what we said earlier, this team plays for itself and they want to play the game of football right now. And I couldn't agree more. I've, I've been there before. I've been in, in early November and your body's beat up and you're just, man, I got to get through these next two games. This team's not trying to get through a game. These team, these guys are excited to play the game. And when that happens, man, magical things can really happen for a football team. And I think that's, the best part of the spirit of this team, and that's something I've talked to Coach Campbell about a few times in the post-game interview, is the spirit of the team. And I think that's probably the most magical part about this. That team has a special spirit to it. That locker room special. You know, we're lucky we get to travel with them. We get to see it and feel it, you know, but it, it's it's starting to pay off in the field seeing what's going on inside that locker room. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think the thing, they've put themselves in position, given themselves hope, still play for a Big 12 championship, you know, but number one, you're, you're You've earned the right to play meaningful games in November. And I think that's one of the goals every year. And, and Iowa State has certainly done that. And, man, just hats off to everybody for those efforts. And and the enthusiasm among the players right now and coaches, I mean, it, it, it's sky high. And, guys, you know, you think about what kind of players do you recruit? I think it, it really starts there, too, because – Matt Campbell's looking for guys that really love football. Now there's guys that are talented that play football. And then there's guys that just absolutely love football. And if that's a tiebreaker for Matt, he's going with the guy that absolutely loves football, even if he's a little less talented because he knows 
he'll work at it and develop. And that's what we're seeing with these guys. This is a developmental program. And I think the biggest thing in, in recruiting is finding those guys who want to be developed and know they have a ways to go before they're going to be top talent. I mean, you look at who are the stars right now for Iowa State played in the NFL, whether it's Brock Purdy or Brees Hall, those guys, I mean, Brees was pretty highly recruited, but I mean, for the most part, a lot of these guys, you know, weren't that highly recruited. Charlie Cole or all those guys, Anthony Johnson, they were developmental guys, but they were identified by the coaches when they recruited them as the kind of players who would go the extra mile, do what it takes to, to prepare and make yourself a player worthy of playing at the next level. Yeah. And I've had the conversation with the staff and, you know, Derek Kujer, and I'll, I'll run a couple players by him that you see that are doing really nice things in high school. I'm like, hey, this, I don't feel like we're on this person. And and they're like, yeah, they don't fit. You know, they're, and he'll say they're an outstanding athlete. They'll play, I think they'll play at a high level, but they just don't fit the culture and what we're trying to do. And, you know, they do look at that. That's a big part of this team. What they're looking for is the guys that fit in the locker room that want to be around each other, that want to play for each other. And, you know, I think one of the rooms that exemplifies that as much as anything is Taylor Mauser's room with the tight ends. You know, those, that tight end group, they are as tight as you can imagine. And when you're playing five tight ends, that many snaps and at different times and formations, that's about as tight of a room as you're going to see in football. And it goes back to their recruiting guys that want to be around each other and love to play the game. And they have a common interest for the love of the game of football. And that's really paying off for them. And the other thing, to your point, Hark, I mean, just the fact that coaches, not just the tight ends, but they play so many different players. I mean, whether it's special teams, but we play more players, more snaps on defense than probably anybody in college football on offense. Kind of the same thing. We're, we're playing four running backs. You know, we're, you know, you mentioned all the tight ends. We're playing a lot of receivers. I mean, that's how you kind of help keep that buy-in from everybody else. Keep that, you know, hey, if you perform well, and you're doing it in practice, you're going to get a shot at some snaps in the game. And I think that's a psychological boost for anybody. It is. If you look at Provo last week, I think everybody got off the sideline, you know, that traveled on that on that plane, basically. I was worried they are going to grab me at one point to play in the game. They are grabbing everybody else, and I don't have it in me anymore, boys. Well, you got a bad knee, Hark. You know, I, I'm, a little, I'm a little banged up right now. I'm on the IR. <laughs> you are, but you'll rally. You'll rally. But, uh, no, I, I think what Eric said, is absolutely true. And then what you see from that too, is that you develop that depth where guys are ready to step in. And I watch a lot of college football. I know you do too, Eric and Ryan, and, and other teams don't do that. Maybe, maybe some do, but I don't see a ton of teams out there that play two or three deep at pretty much every defensive position. And I, I do think it keeps guys engaged. And uh, it also has created here in game 11, a pretty healthy football team. Hopefully Jeremiah Cooper can come back this week, but you know, you're not putting the mileage on the tires either. And, and so you've got guys that are fresh and healthy and ready to go. A good example of that this last weekend in Provo. And, you know, and most teams will go to an, a road game and, and Jeremiah Cooper doesn't play. That's the headlines. We don't say that they're going to play in the impact of the game. We say, Hey, I wonder if Jeremiah Cooper is going to play because he was in any other game he plays, but so does everybody else, you know, with nickel and Jameson Patton. They were ready to go because they've already had meaningful snaps. And like I said, most teams on a defense, if they lose a player like that, he's one of the national leaders in interceptions. That's going to make headlines on most teams because of how we run it here and how they do this. We don't make the headlines. There's people right behind him that have been playing meaningful snaps with him along the way. And so losing a guy out of the starting lineup doesn't create those headlines because that next person's ready to go in the game. When it comes to quality, comfort, and exceptional style, insist on the authentic brand label. 
Embrace authenticity in your wardrobe with authentic brand collegiate and corporate branded attire, the favorite choice nationwide. Just talk a little bit about the leadership that this team has gotten from the seniors, because Matt, Matt has brought that up a lot over the course of the season that, you know, it's not a big group, but they've been so impactful in the way that they've affected the young players on this football team. We've seen a lot of different seniors this year step up as leaders, but I think the guy that has to be at the top of the list is Gary Vaughn. Given the conditions of the linebacker room, how young they were, for him to kind of take that group under his wing. And, you know, Matt says Gary's a guy that won't say two words. He's he's a, a absolute lead-by-example guy, just is not ever going to brag. This game against Texas will be his 61st game played as a Cyclone, and the school record is 63 by Jay Cummel. Uh, you talk about a guy that has uh, been a huge part of this Iowa State program over the last six years. He's been terrific, and, and simply – the fact that there was just not much linebacker depth, all the young players that were going to have to play at that position to have a guy like that. And I think Gary's done a tremendous job mentoring those guys. But I think you look at one of our other captains too, and that's Easton Dean. Here's a guy who actually came in as a quarterback, although I don't know that he ever expected to play quarterback here. But in that tight end room, he's been around. It's once again, elected captain. He's kind of shepherding, if you will, all that tight end group. As Hark mentioned, you know, it's, it's a really tight group. But I think, once again, just to his leadership, and it's important for him to play for Iowa State. Uh, even though he's not an Iowa native, but he's completely invested in the program. Guys like that who lead, even though they're not putting up great numbers, but he's able to to mentor young guys, whether it's Tyler Moore and this year about Ben Bramer. I mean, those guys have a great role model ahead of them. And even though the more he develops them, maybe the, the fewer snaps Easton Dean gets, he doesn't care because it's all about finding ways to win. And I think that's, uh, that's one of the, the cornerstones of this team and this program. Yeah, Hark, who jumps out at you when you think about this senior class? Anybody in particular? Yeah, well, Darian Porter is really one that stands yeah. out. You know, he, he's come in as a wide receiver. He's exemplified the non-selfish player. You know, he comes in as a, a big, fast receiver out of the Quad Cities, and he starts at wide receiver. You move him defensive back, and he's made a living playing special teams. You know, and I think that, you know, on a lot of teams, he plays corner. I think a lot of teams, he starts at corner, and you know, we're just blessed with a great defensive backfield right now where it kind of limits the snaps on defense. But when you look at what he's done on special teams, it's second to none. I mean, he's out there on every big play. You know, whenever you're calling the game and you and you hear a big play being made, Darian Porter's name's coming up as either someone that impacted the play or made the play. Leading by example is one of the most powerful ways to lead. You know, and Darian Porter shows up every single game on special teams as a senior. He's not too good to play it. He's not too good to be in the field in those snaps. Those snaps are important. But I think that's good for young players to see a guy like that be here as a senior, still making a huge impact on special teams. You know, and people like that who take pride in the special teams, I think has a huge reason why Iowa State special teams have taken a marked step up this year. And, and you're certainly right. Darren's been more, uh, maybe the leader of that whole, that whole core. He's great in community service, too. Terrific young man, and uh, just awesome to have him in a Cyclone uniform from Bettendorf, Iowa. On Football Saturdays, our John Deere run of the game is brought to you by Van Wall Equipment. Nothing runs like a deer, especially when supported by the team at Van Wall Equipment, the Cyclone's John Deere dealer of choice. Guys, I want to touch on something that Hark brought up early in the year, which was, hey, you know, last year's team didn't have a lot of rushing touchdowns and the year before did. Hark, you've got the numbers. But it right now, 
this team has 13 rushing touchdowns and they started the season. They didn't have many, but Rocco has three right now. Eli Sanders has four. Cartavius Norton has three and Abu Sama has three. And we're starting to see Hark, what you had hoped to see, which was this offense get back to being able to run the football down in the red zone and have success. It is. And you look at what our red zone success is right now. It's one of the best in the nation. It's the most efficient red zone offenses out there, but that comes back to the ability to rush the ball. You know, when you get down in those tight spaces down, you know, inside the 20, those defenses tighten up. And the reason is they have less grass to cover, you know. So if you threw the ball and you moved the ball like we did last year, yeah, we were moving the ball and getting yards. But we couldn't get it in because we couldn't rush the ball because they're just not having to cover as much space. And this year, having the ability to be two-dimensional with the ability to run and throw the ball has really opened this offense up. And, you know, I felt like that was our biggest thing that we missed, you know, in 2022. If, if we were able to rush the ball just a little bit, we would have won probably three or four more games. You know, and I think that we looked at last week in Provo what the key to the game was. And I talked to Noah. I said, it's going to be rushing. You know, if we can rush this football, we win this football game. And I think we can win it pretty big. And boy, did we ever. We, we rushed the ball well over 200 yards. And, you know, every running back made a big impact in that game. And it's just, it's a completely different offense uh, when we're able to rush that football. You know, in the offensive line, I thought right from the jump last Saturday night, they were firing off the ball. They were playing with that violence that Coach Clanton is looking for. And I think, you know, that's the way we have to start out, you know, on Saturday night. And, and it will be a challenge because you're going to play against a terrific defensive front, allowing less than 100 yards per game on the ground. Well, this is going to be a great challenge. And I think some of it's going to be, we'll see how, uh, Nate can scheme opportunities, ways to move the football, but yeah, being able to run the football, my goodness. I mean, we had so many injuries at running back last year, but the improved offensive line and the fact that we've got four guys who are capable in the backfield of making plays and making people miss and then finishing runs, all those things have added up to you know, what you're talking about, the ability to score, run the ball on third and short, run the ball in the red zone. And that's put us in a great position. So Hark is a guy who played defensive line. How impossible is what we saw Abu Sama do last week? <laughs> I mean, he's not making a guy miss in the open field. He's making a guy miss in a phone booth right by the line of scrimmage. And I'm not talking about rushing through the tackle. I'm talking about making the guy completely whiff and tackle a ghost. <laughs> It was an unbelievable run. It actually had a little bit of Darren Davis to it. You know, if you remember like how Darren used to run, he could make somebody miss within three yards and have two people around him and he'd somehow get through there without even being touched. And, but boy, the wiggle he has is good. But the, the top end speed that Abu has is special, you know? And I think when you look at what, you know, that, that Brees Hall was able to do with that speed, I think what's so exciting for Cyclone fans is when he broke that long run off, no one's going to catch him. And you just start having, you start daydreaming about Brees Hall. I'm like, man, we may have the next one, you know? And I think that's the, thing, the excitement that brings that backfield is, yeah, he can make some people miss, but when he puts a gas pedal down, he, he's gone. You know, I think that's the thing that's really special about Abu. It's both those things. It's the guy that has the great speed, the guy that can make somebody miss. And the other thing is he's 200 pounds. It's not like he's, you know, 170 pounder back there, scat back. He has the ability, certainly the, the potential to be maybe the next great back. But I don't want to sell short. Cartavius Norton had a couple tremendous runs in that game as well. And Eli Sanders has just been <laughs> been 
taken his game to another level all season long. So it's a great room, but yeah, there's no question. Abu has a ceiling that is uh, as high as anybody we've had. So this running back room, Eric, if you think about it, does this running back room maybe remind you a little bit of Montgomery, Brees, and Kane? You know, when that running back room looked like that, is that is that similar? Wow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, once again, all those guys were complimentary, if you were a little bit different, you know, and I think that's kind of what we have right now. Everybody has different strengths, you know, but man, you put it all together and man, you've got a complete room. Guys, let's take a look at this uh, Texas offense because Quinn Ewers is back playing and the receiving core is amazing, especially when you lump in there the tight end, Jatavian Sanders, really good pass catching tight end. Great test for the Iowa State secondary this week because you got to figure Texas is going to put it in the air a few times. Sure, they've got C.J. Baxter filling in for Jonathan Brooks, and I think Baxter will get plenty of carries, but I think the ball is going to be in the air some, and that secondary is going to have to go make some plays. Well, they are. You know, it would be great if Iowa State could get some pressure on Quinn Ewers. I think that's going to be one of the real keys. You know, he's not been sacked in his last two games, and, you know, Iowa State has to find ways to affect him because he's a good quarterback. You know, and one of the things, too, I just comment about, you know, teams kind of build through the transfer portal a lot of times. And Texas, even though uh, loaded with five stars that they've recruited, I mean, their transfers come from Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia. They're getting some some real cream, if you will. Adonai Mitchell from Georgia. I mean, he scored a touchdown in four consecutive college football playoff games for Georgia. He's a big-time receiver. Uh, Xavier Worthy, top end. I mean, I think that's the thing you have to worry about as much as anything, his ability to stretch the field because he's got speed. Like, I don't know if anybody we've played can match that. So I think that's that's going to be really a, a, a tremendous challenge. Oh, and that C.J. Baxter, by the way, was the number one running back coming out of high school last year. So, and, and they have an offensive line that has started 137 games between them. You know, so uh, it's a very experienced group. But affect the quarterback. Get some pressure on Quinn Ewers. And then see what happens because I love our guys on the back end. Uh, but if he's rattled a little bit back there, he's made some bad throws. And we just got to make sure we're there to catch him. Yeah, preparing for this game, you know, I'm trying to decide what this thing's going to look like. You always want to try to prep and see what this thing looks like. And, I, I, you know, you watch the Kansas State game, and Kansas State just rushes the ball like crazy. Well, not against this defense. They had, they had less than 40 yards rushing total. Yeah. And, you know, I think when they look at the film and the team we probably have struggled with the most, without a doubt, was Oklahoma. You know, and that ball was in the air a lot and it was in the air downfield a lot. And they have similar type athletes that run down the field like Oklahoma, you know. And then so I, I would expect to see that. I would expect to see a lot of deep shots, a lot of one on one opportunities for our defensive backs to go against their guys. And then, you know, you look at the Oklahoma, Texas game, the Red River rivalry. That's what I expect. You know, even if you make a play, even if our offense scores a touchdown and does have some success, that Texas offense is coming back and they're going to sling it. And, and I'm telling you what, it's going to be a long game no matter what. I don't care if we jump out fast, you know, and get a big lead. They're coming because they got the players to do it. But if we start slow, like Kansas State did, you know, I didn't think Kansas State had a chance in that game. You know, they just looked really outclassed in that game early in the game. They are on the 10-yard line and going for a fourth down to win that football game. And so, again, if we just hang strong, we can. We, there's some good things we can do against this team. But top to bottom, you know, up front, they are very physical and they are very good defensively up front. It's going to be really difficult to rush that ball 
So we may need to air this thing out probably more than we have in the last couple of weeks. I think once again, some scheme things, you know, find ways to move the chains, but, but you nailed it, Hark. Just keep playing, hang in there. Houston was down 21 to nothing and maybe should have won the game. They got horrible call at the end of the game and they ended up losing 31, 24 as they had the ball inside the 10 yard line before Texas got some a tremendous, tremendous break. You know, otherwise, it would have been first and goal, you know, inside the 10 with inside a minute to go. But once again, Houston kept playing. Well, I don't know if Houston can keep playing. I sure as heck know Iowa State can. K-State was in the same mode. Last week, it was TCU. They were down 26 to 6. And they come back and, and they have a chance at the end. And they got a couple horrible calls in that game as well. So uh, I really think, you know, just keep playing. Texas has tremendous talent. And the question is, can they play for 60 minutes? I know Iowa State will, and they'll have to. So even if you have the bad start, which you hope you don't have, just keep playing, man. That sounds great, guys. I am looking forward very much to this football game. It's awesome to to be looking forward to the game so much here in late November. And it's always a special senior day to begin with. But when you've got so much on the line, really fun to see. And these guys have earned it. We'll see you on Saturday night at Jack Trice Stadium. I can't wait. Looking forward to it. Go Cyclones. Today's Sidecast was brought to you by Van Wall Equipment. Stop by one of their locations and learn how to farm better, work smarter, and play harder when you run with Van Wall and John Deere. Thanks for listening.